When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From movie set to multiplex, it's the business of film with James Cameron Wilson. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Hey, Stella! If you build it, he will come. Here's Johnny! And with those film quotes, we begin the business of film for this week, where I, Simon Rose, am joined by James Cameron Wilson as we look at uh, last weekend's UK box office, using that as a chance to chat about some of the new and sometimes old films that you can see. So, James, where do we begin? I well, imagine with one particular film. Well, we would anyway, but I mean, I'm thinking of one. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you are. Actually, it's been a terrible week. It's been... Uh, it's watching one film after the other just collapse. It's been a week of numerous casualties. It's been an absolute disaster, with only the Duke maintaining a relatively robust holdover. And that was only, well, that was down 31%. Uh, it's been absolutely dire. But overall, the box office has jumped 64.7% all because of one yes, film. Yes, or might you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's destroyed everything in its path. It is the third highest grossing box office release since the pandemic, uh, just behind No Time to Die and Spider-Man No The third Way highest opening or the third highest total? Uh, no, the, uh, a weekend. Because yeah, right, right. we've only had one weekend. Yes, so yes, yes. Give, yes. It, give it a chance. Uh, now, I made a... Okay. To get in the mood for this film that we haven't mentioned yet, I made the mistake of watching Batman Begins last week. It has aged extraordinarily well. In fact, oh, on a second it? viewing, I thought it was even better than when I first saw it. It is still, it's still perhaps the weakest in the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Yeah, I don't remember enjoying it massively. No, nor with. I. But I wanted to get in the mood, so I saw it again. Uh, obviously, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises mm. are masterpieces of the genre. But aside from all that hokum at the beginning where Batman goes to Tibet and meets Liam Neeson, once he returns to Gotham, the movie really takes off. And what a cast! Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Gary Oldman, Tom Wilkinson. You'd even think it was a British film. Yes. Uh, and yes. now to the Batman, yet a, another reboot of the Caped Crusader with another British actor, Robert Pattinson, behind the mask. I've always found Robert Pattinson a somewhat inscrutable actor. So I, I suppose he's kind of perfect for the role of such an enigmatic figure as Bruce Wayne. In fact, we don't even get a full shot of his face until about an hour into the movie, although right. most of it is so enveloped by shadow that it's hard to see really anything at all. 
this dark night is really, really dark. It's probably no secret by now that Felix Leiter was killed off in No Time to Die. So it's a relief to see Jeffrey Wright, who played Felix yes. Leiter, resurface in The Batman as the one good cop in the Gotham police force, the character played by Gary Oldman in the Christopher Nolan tr trilogy. Jeffrey Wright is incapable of turning in a duff performance. And it was a relief to see him here as he brings an element of humanity to a film that is singularly lacking in it, mm -hmm. as indeed it is lacking in fun. This is a film noir reimagining of the myth and even begins with a Chandler-esque voiceover stating omin ominously, I am the shadows. We soon learn that a killer is on the loose and is targeting the Gotham elite while leaving behind a trail of cryptograms, which Batman is able to work out with the help of his loyal manservant, Alfred, played by Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis previously played Caesar, the lead chimpanzee in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes, both of which were directed by Matt Reeves, who is now the co-producer, writer, and director of The Batman. Once again, following in the footsteps of Tim Burton, who directed Batman in 1989 with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, and Batman begins with Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Tim Burton, of course, also directed the 2001 Planet of the Apes. So it's interesting how Matt Reeves' career has sort of followed Tim Burton's. Here, Matt Reeves has gone to great pains to jettison the cartoon superficiality of the original comic along with all the funny costumes. The Penguin, played by Colin Farrell, is more of a mafiosi type than a brolly-twirling, monocle-wearing caricature. And I had no idea it was Farrell until the closing credits, as it is completely Jared Leto'd in deep prosthetics. Mm -hmm. I also didn't know that the film was over two hours and three quarters, and oh. it would never End. Oh, James, how intriguing, because I saw one amazingly good review of this. The I've seen good so... reviews, but this is hardly mm. a crowd-pleasing fun ride a la Spider-Man No Way Home, or a creditable drama with recognisable human beings, as with No Time to Die. As the film waded into the third hour, I was struggling to stay awake. I think part of the problem, a reason that it is so soporific, not because it is so long and so slow, but because it is mainly set at night and even the interiors are underlit, mm. which sort of tricks the brain into thinking it is time to nod off. <laughs> right. <laughs> I couldn't exactly accuse Patterson of exhibiting a personality, while neither the Riddler nor Catwomen are particular particularly interesting. I appreciate that Reeves was aiming for a more realistic mise-en-scene within a film noir framework, but it just comes off as self-important, plodding and morose and yeah. long. Even the Riddler's little riddles are hardly in the Bob Monkhouse or Barry Cryer joke book. What does a liar do when he's dead? Inquires one poser. He lies still comes the answer. 
Love? Yes. I Not, never started. Side. Yes. The mind, of course, the, 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 from what I remember, the riddles in the t- camp TV show uh, were always pretty pathetic. I remember as well. I don't remember. Well, exchanging. I was looking for some element of fun, something to hold on to before I nodded off. Incidentally, Michael Keaton is the next Batman we will see reprising his interpretation from the Tim Burton outings. He pops up in both The Flash with Ezra Miller right. in the title role and in Batgirl with Leslie Grace playing a Batman from an alternative universe with Ben Affleck returning as Batman in this universe and with the Batman making a whopping 128 million over the weekend in the US and 280 million globally. They are already talking about the sequel, so we will also Uh. see Robert Patterson back as well. So remind me how much it took at the UK? In the UK, it took, because I haven't even started the chart, £13.5 million, which, as I say, is the third highest grossing since the pandemic. Well, perhaps one to avoid then, judging by what you've said. Well, I can, but see how he does in the second week. But I, I have seen good reviews of it. But I don't think it's not a crowd pleaser. I think a lot of people will go in. I, I think, I suspect, word of mouth will do it no favours. Hmm. Well, we shall see. To see how many people actually are still awake at the end of it. <laughs> well, yeah, bear in mind, it is over two and three quarter hours long. And I didn't know that when I went in, which is usually it's the first thing I check. Yes. Yes. And, of course, if you're going to see it in a conventional cinema, there'll be... You know, you would get there early, and there's 20 minutes of ads. You can't help feeling the ads might have been more interesting than the film, James. Well, of course, being so dark, it's you couldn't see it on your phone. You would, if you're going to see the Batman, see it in a cinema, because it's going to be lost on a phone or a laptop when it comes out on streaming. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll take a break before we do another proper review, but we can probably go a few. Uh, okay, very quickly, because there's a couple of things I would like to talk yeah. about. Uh, yeah. Number two, we've got Un- Uncharted uh, down 57%, which made 1.3 million uh, of its fourth weekend, mm-hmm. with a total of 20.3 million. Sing 2 down 61%. You see what I mean about casualties, yes. which made 1 million in its sixth weekend, but it's already eclipsed the box office returns of the original Sing. The Duke is the best holdover. Down oh, 31%, with 2.7 million in the bank. Death on the Nile was down a whopping 63%, with a total of 7.2 million. Dog, down 58%. Wow. Spider-Man at number seven, down 63%. Still the fourth highest grossing film of all time. Just 1 million away from eclipsing No Time to Die. But mm-hmm. it's, I think it could do it. People are still, and I think after they've seen The Batman, they're going to go back and want to see a (laughs) a fun superhero movie. Uh, At number eight, we've got Belfast, which was at number eight, down 53% for a total of 14.5 million. So now is a good time to break because there are two new films at nine and ten. Then let us do that very thing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to The Business of Film on Share Radio, where James Cameron Wilson is taking us down the box office chart. Um, we've already discussed the, the Batman, but we're down to number nine, which is a new film. Yes, Ali and Ava, which is a romantic comedy set, I well, in Yorkshire, I'm pretty sure it's Bradford, from Kylo Bernard, she who previously directed The Arbor and The Selfish Giant, starring Claire Rushbrook and Adil Akhtar, which is already her most, the biggest opening that she's ever had in her short but very distinguished career. It got very good reviews. It's on a very limited release, so that's doing pretty well. And we have a Hindi crime drama about a female mafia don based on true events. Uh, Again, it's a very long film, uh, as most Indian films are, called Gangubai Ketiwadi, that's the best I can do for that. But um, I would like to, talk, well, I should mention also Cyrano, which I reviewed only last week. Yes. Was at number seven. It's now at number 14. And it's dropped by 90% with a total of 625,000. That would have been a hard sell, I feel, even if the film had been good, which, as you pointed out last week, it was not. Uh, uh, I enjoyed so much about it. I just didn't think it was as good as I was hoping it was going to be. I thought Peter Dinklage was terrific. I was moved. I just didn't think the music was up to par. It looked great. And it's still a really strong premise. But And it's got four BAFTA nominations. And I think they should have really pushed that. I mean, when you think of a film with four BAFTA nominations and it doesn't even make the top ten in its second week, yeah. that's really sad. But I would like to talk about the a new Netflix release, but stop me because my favourite film of the week is out on Friday, the 11th of March, and that is the one I really want to talk about. But I should mention Against the Ice. Now, I love films about ice. It's so nice to know (laughs) that the stuff still exists, and there's a lot of it in Against the Ice, a true-life survival drama from Netflix, starring Nikolai Costavaldo and Joe Cole. Costavaldo is not only the film star, but also the co-writer and co-producer. So this is obviously a real passion project for him, and a one-up for the Danish over the Americans. Set in 1909, it follows the perilous journey of the Arctic explorer. Einar Mikkelsen, who was desperate to prove, well, he was desperate to prove that his compatriot Ludwig Melius Eriksson had mapped out much of northeastern Greenland mm. two years earlier. Unfortunately, Melius Eriksson was never to return. And so the fruits of the so-called Denmark expedition were never recovered. And these were detailed charts of the region and a mass of scientific data, all lost to posterity. Mickelson himself was thwarted by his first attempt to find the records, which would have been secreted in a weatherproof tube tucked into a can 
which is a stack of rocks used as both a landscape marker mm. and as a hiding place. It was kind of reassuring to see so much ice, uh, and the film is stunning to behold, shot both in Iceland and in Greenland itself. Although in English, the, the film is actually a Danish-Icelandic co-production and would probably come off better in its native tongue, a language uh, I was unable to access on Netflix in this country. It's just that I think Costa Valdo always seems to be a much better, better actor with subtitles. Here, he plays Mickelson as the strong, silent type staring out at the distant horizon while puffing on his pipe. He is determined to retrieve the charts, but the terrain is so treacherous that he cannot convince any of his crew um, to make a second attempt until he's the ship's young engineer, either volunteers. To my surprise, the latter was played by the London-born Joe Cole, with a suggestion of a beard and an affinity with the team's dogs. I would like to think Joe Cole was chosen because he is a decent actor, but there is an air of the international co-production about the film that hardly does it any favours. There's also Charles Dance, who pops up as a Danish governmental figure, reluctant to squander more funds on Denmark's greatest historical glory. The opening scenes between Mickelson's crew members felt very forced, and the film doesn't really get into its stride until Mickelson and young Ivor set off into the unknown with the two sledges and their dogs. But just as Mickelson is the strong silent type, Ivor is anything but and talks the hind legs off a reindeer. This proved not only annoying for Mickelson, but I think for the audience as well. I think that the film and its screenplay feels there's not enough story to hold the attention of the viewer and so has added on a sort of odd couple vibe, which doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. Joe Cole, who in the UK is currently playing Harry Palmer in the new t TV series, The Ipcrest File, is a very fine actor, but seems rather out of his depth here. Had a director like, say, Alejandro Gonzalez in Aritu taken on that material, I think he would have allowed the elements to take the central role and not be afraid of any silences. And I just wish this film had more silence. It's got a fairly mediocre score and much of it does feel rather artificial not helped by the introduction of a computer generated polar bear you can see the gi cgi a mile off it felt the film was at its best when focusing on the details of survival such as when uh, mickelson swallows some water and then spews it over the runners of the sledge and smooths it to give it a more uh, a slick run and there's also a sequence where um, they're running out of food so they try to cook one of the dog's livers but liver can be depending on how the dog dies a liver can actually be poisonous so they try to check the poison with a with silver which you can do and he had happened to have a silver necklace and all this kind of detail i thought was mm. fascinating I wouldn't try that at home, folks. <laughs> it, it does look terrific. I just felt it was rather a bit of a co-production and just felt a bit amateurish at times, and the CGI didn't work for me. But I did enjoy it for what it was. But my film of the week by far is called The Metamorphosis of Birds. And I want to have the time to tell you where you can see it. It is an art film in the true sense of the word. Not that it is about art, 
It is art. It is such a beautifully assembled work that you need to park your expectations of narrative to one side and just bask in the imagery in front of you. It's like a still life come to life. It is the first feature of Katerina Vasconcelos and is an exploration of her grandparents' love, of the six children they sired, and of the world in which they grew up in and inhabited. Art, of course, teaches us how to look, and Vasconcelos is very fond of setting up tableau that are not always what they initially seem. She tries all sorts of tricks on us, and by simple design, will alter what is in front of the camera by perhaps reversing the chronology of a shot so that in one scene, a hand is seen attaching leaves to the branch of a tree, and in another, a forest disclosing an extra dimension by a slyly positioned mirror held up by a small pair of hands. It comes to a point where the viewer is looking through the image to see how it might change if it does. It's a hard film to explain because the imagery is everything, whether it is a close-up of fruit, a pair of hands, a face, a mountain, or a human eye, or a peacock eye. But it's also a detective story, as the director discovers the life of her forebears, recited from letters, eloquently relayed through the voiceovers of very good actors. By the end, I felt I was in some kind of trance, feeling as if spiritually I was in a more worthwhile place. It's obviously not a film for everybody, but for fans of exploring new art forms and new forms of cinema, the metamorphosis of birds, I found a revelation. It is its own genre. Like Vasconcel Luce, we learn about this strange detached family existing in a parallel world in the woods and mountains of Portugal in a simpler, if no less tragic, a time. As a one-off, it reminded me of last year's Gunda, which I don't know if you've caught up with yet. Okay, that was the black and white documentary about a pig. There was no narration, no music, nothing at all. Oh, no, no, but I think I remember. I remember. Yes, okay. I know the film of which you speak. A lot of people voted it one of their best films of the year. I know two critics who voted the best film of the year. But you probably need the same degree of acceptance, an acceptance of something totally different, a different viewing experience with the metamorphosis of birds. But I much prefer this to Gunda, if only for the cadence of the voices, the colourful visuals and the exquisite music that accompanies the narrative. It is a real treat, but not those who loved the Batman. It's a yes. different audience. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course, it is so in the metamorphosis of birds, but you said it was quite difficult to see. So, how well, does no, one... no, I just it, it is in selected cinemas from tomorrow. It's available on the New Waves Film website, which is www.newwavefilms.co.uk. It's also available on Curtain Home Cinema uh, next week, <clears throat> and it's from March the 18th. It's also available on BFI Player. I wasn't expecting to love it. It just sort of completely won me round. And I just like to, if I've got a minute, just to mm. mention a film that had a huge impact on me, which was made in 1929. 
Uh, that is how many years ago? Uh, 97. No, is it? Uh, two, nine, 92 no, no. films. 92, Ni 92 films. years ago. And it's called A Man with a Camera. And it really moved me last year. I, I like seeing oh, films I've that aren't... I've seen that before. It, it is a terrific movie. Yes. But it's partly set in Moscow. And it's partly set in Kiev. And I think re-watching it again, it really was so much more emotive, considering what's going on in the world, in Moscow and Kiev now. Um, it's just one I just recommend, if you can find it anywhere. Is it available? Did you have notice with them? Did you notice whether it's on anywhere? Um, I'll it, have a look. I'll you can get it on week. DVD, I'm sure, on Amazon. Oh, okay. But okay. I'm so lucky to own a copy. Oh, it it is a masterpiece, and to think it was made 90, 92 years ago. James, thank you very much indeed. Uh, that's it for this edition of uh, Business of Film. We'll be back with more at the same time next week. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Houston, we have a problem. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes?